0: hey look like we need we just need to buy this place like i have no idea why we just need to buy it like it's just too fascinating and it immediately spoke to me calvin reyes
1: is the owner of the henry river mill village outside the burke county town of hildebrand very close to hickory now i'm going to try my best to hold back the hunger games fandom that sometimes makes its way into this conversation but if you're a fan of the movie please tell me you wouldn't do the same prior to its service as a backdrop in a few major movie scenes This was an actual working village, with a mill, a company store, and everything else you might find in similar mill towns. You can visit the property and tour it, though there are some new and exciting developments coming soon. I'll let Calvin go into the details of that, along with more about the village's journey from its past through today. This is NC Travel Chat. I'm your host, Carl Hedinger.
0: My family moved here in the early 90s. Uh, I grew up in Florida and moved here after college Um, and met my wife in a town real close to Henry River called Granite Falls. That's right outside of town. And so, uh, you know, we've been set up here for a while. Uh, We run a consulting business in our family. We do sales and leadership consulting. So property development and historical preservation was never something on our uh, Hmm. top of our list until Henry River. And we came across the property. We were really, we were looking for land um to put a couple houses on for me my parents and my grandparents just so we can all be kind of close to each other we're a real small family and we looked for years uh probably two years we were looking for this land and couldn't find anything that fit our mold but of course with modern technology realtor kept throwing henry river in our face because it met the uh you know the requirements we were looking for the filters and so finally, I think we like, gave up on that idea, um, and we looked all over the southeast U.S., and we gave up on the idea, and my mom was like, why don't you just go check this place out, just see what it's about. And, you know, I live six miles from it, and for, so, you know, being that close to it, you would have thought I knew about it already. And I knew The Hunger Games was filmed here, uh, but I'd never been out to the actual property. And so we, uh, we met with the real estate agents in August, beginning of August of 2017. We went out there to see it for the first time. Uh, we pulled down the long road and you, now that you've been in there, you know what I'm talking about. So you come down the road, and, like you're going to enter the village. Uh, at that time, the grass was two to three feet high. Hadn't been cut in probably a couple years. Wow. Kudzu worse than we have it now, if you can possibly imagine <laughs> that. Um, and the company store had a drilled in piece of plywood. On the front door, so the only way you can get in is by taking out like the twenty screws they had in it, and that's the first thing we did. And so they, the caretaker of the property at the time, uh, who was the previous owner's uh, son-in-law, uh, opened the door for us, and we walked into the store. My mom wasn't with us; it was just me and the the real estate agents and the caretaker. And we walk in the store, packed to the top with with stuff that looks like I mean, it looked like an episode of Hoarders. I mean, tube TVs. Uh, couch cushions. I mean, everything you could possibly think of just stored (laughs) in there. And it's funny because within about 30 seconds, I think I picked up the phone, called my mom who was out of town at that time and said, Hey, look, like we need, we just need to buy this place. Like, I have no idea why we just need to buy it. Like, it's just too fascinating. And it immediately spoke to me. And so she got home the next day. We, and we went out that afternoon to look at it again with the real estate agents, uh, had lunch with my stepdad, Michael, Uh, who told us over and over again, not to do it. And we said, okay, well, that's the, that's the sign that we should do it. And so we decided to put an offer that day and closed in October, 2017. And I guess the rest is history.
1: So why did he tell you not to do it?
0: Oh, he just thinks we're crazy. I mean, you know, we, he's from, originally from New York. Then we, you know, I lived in South Florida with him and, and my mom and my, and my biological dad down there. And so, um, you know we're from the city and so you come out to a property like that and you know it's it's hard for people to digest initially uh, and understand why you would want to do something like that but me and my mom knew right away uh, that this is something we wanted to take on uh, no matter how challenging it was so what was your original plan for it honestly like the only thing i <clears throat> i thought the houses were really cool i had no idea what to do with the houses i was very interested in the company store michael my stepfather helped start a restaurant in miami called redfish grill uh, which i think was wiped out by a hurricane last year oh, um, and it's in a old lifeguard building uh, in matheson hammock park in coral gables and it's you know in this park setting uh you have to go deep into the park to get there and it's right on the water and it's a really neat historic building so naturally as someone who's always wanted to have a restaurant in my life um I saw that building and I was like, "This is reminds me of that," and I love that feel of coming down into a park basically and having a place you can eat inside of it. And so I was really interested in the company store. Yeah, no idea what to do with the with the buildings, uh, the rest of the mill houses, and so we eventually thought about, you know, okay, what would make sense to go with something like that. Uh, and it would be to restore them and, you know, hopefully allow people to stay in them, uh, you know, for short and long term rentals uh, at some point in the future when we can restore them. Uh, but no matter what we want to save them, whether we use them for something or not, we wanted them to still be there. And so, yeah, so that's where we're at.
1: <laughs> and they they weren't going to be saved, were they? Wasn't there someone else who was going to buy them?
0: I, so I don't know. I mean, you know, they, the, the, the real estate agents on the other side don't tell you if they have other offer. Well, they'll uh, tell you they have an offer, but you never know if it's real or not. Right. So, <laughs>
1: um,
0: you know, I don't know if someone else is going to buy it. The a couple things I do know, uh, is that there's, you know, no utilities on the property. There's no major sewer lines or water lines or anything like that. So that's always been a, a reason why people have been afraid of it uh, from a development standpoint. Hmm. It was not on the national register of historic places when we bought it. And so we, that was the very first thing we started doing was adding it, working on the work to get there to add it. Uh, And that happened in May of 2019. Hmm. But yeah, prior to that, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the plans were. I imagined it was just going to be taken over by mother nature. um, Wow. And just left in ruins. And so, yeah, who knows? I mean, I, you know, who knows? That's interesting. (laughs) Um, And I mean,
1: so, so the Hunger Games didn't play into you wanting, wanting to buy it at all.
0: I mean, we cater to the Hunger Games because, uh, you know, the majority of people that come out there are for that reason, but we try to then teach them the importance of this part of North Carolina history because uh, it's easy to, to understand why someone would think it's built as a movie set for the Hunger Games, but it's actually a real village that, that, that a lot of people lived in and have roots in in this area. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's our job is to to make sure that that we cater to those fans, but also use that to leverage the history and the importance of the history of the village.
1: I think that's something I really appreciated when I was there was that when we were walking around, I mean, yes, I was wanting to to mumble, may the odds be ever in your favor. Cutting away for just a second, as you can see, it didn't take me very long. Again, a big thanks to uh, Calvin for having so much patience with me during this conversation. And speaking of the conversation, let's get back to it.
0: So, we created an educational nonprofit uh, because we knew that the history and teaching the history was really important. No matter what we decide to do with developing the property, we never want that to to fade. And so, uh, Taylor is our site director. He pretty much runs the day to day out there uh, for our visitors and any type of tours, things like that.
1: It was so cool what he did. Uh, You know, he he did talk about the the filming and everything, especially in the uh, Everdeen house and then outside the company store, but also. Just going into the whole history of mills and even uh, sort of the geography and how they broke broke it down, basically, you have the company store that sort of gets in between people and going to other towns, I guess to get away from the property because at the end of the other end of the property
0: you have the mill right yeah, and so uh, you know travel wasn't that accessible you know even almost into the later years of operation uh, there wasn't you know people were poor in the village, they didn't make that much money. Other than the owners, obviously, would have cars and access to things, but I think, especially early on, right in the early 1900s, so having it all housed on site from them was some type of a value add. Of course, to the company, uh, they're keeping everything in house, so it, it, <laughs> it's you know pretty much a guarantee that you're going to get your money back that you're paying to the workers, I guess.
1: And even the um, on the outside of the the trailer that people see when they when they come to do a tour, um, it's the the company script, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so that it's funny because a lot of people see that sign, and I always ask them, "How old do you think this is?" And people say, "100 years old, 115 years old." I mean, the thing, the, the thing's probably two years old. We had it made, <laughs> and so um, you know, we let it rust on purpose because that's just the look we have out there. But the logo of Henry River Mill Village that we use and we created uh, in the center of it, everyone asks me, "Why is there the 50?" And really, there is no rhyme or reason for the 50. That's just an arbitrary number. That was just one of the doogaloo coins or the company's script. Uh, And it happened to be in the best shape for me to take a picture of it and use it for a logo. So 50 was the number we went with. Yeah, but they had every denomination from 5 cents, 10 cents, 25, 50 to a dollar.
1: Hmm. Interesting. One thing that I I didn't realize going into it, there are still some of the buildings you can't go into them, but you have done quite a bit of preservation. Can you go into what you all have done to the property?
0: Yeah, I mean the biggest change is the you know landscaping, and it's a group of volunteers um, that go out there and, and make sure that the property's mowed and maintained, and keeping Mother Nature from taking over is probably one of the most challenging things. That's that's the hardest thing out there uh, is trying to undo two years, two plus years of of overgrowth. Wow. On top of that, we had a tornado come right through. Uh, two weeks after we bought the property. So we, we had to pick up all these trees on top of that oh, that man. fell down. So, uh, that's the biggest thing is just even allowing uh, now you, you wouldn't be able to tell, but before you couldn't even walk on dog trot, which is the back road. Um, you couldn't walk in near some of the houses. And so now it's pretty, the whole village is pretty accessible from the exterior if you're walking around outside. Uh, so that's something that was a big priority for us so everyone can walk and enjoy on their own. You know, we had to restore one of the garages to house our equipment uh, because it was nowhere for us to house our tractor and things like that, which you want to, you want to see a fun time, watch a city boy from Florida, try to learn to drive a tractor on hills <laughs> like that. Um, and so... <laughs> You know, that's, that's most of it. Then keeping the houses locked and secured. That's probably the biggest thing we spend most of our time and money on is dealing with vandalism. And so, yeah, you would not guess it, but people have no problem kicking in windows, kicking in doors, taking pieces of the houses or trying to take pieces of the buildings. Um, it is a very big problem that we deal with, which when you come out there, you're, you'll see why we have so many security cameras. <laughs> that's why, <laughs> um, huh. is to protect the houses, uh, from, from people that want to vandalize them and destroy them for whatever reason, I guess maybe they think no one cares about them.
1: Oh, that's a shame. Um, and, and we'll get to, uh, sort of the future of what you have planned. Cause I, I would hope maybe, maybe there's kind of a, you have a plan for a fence or something to keep people out.
0: I mean, I'd love for the NCDOT to move the road around the village, but you know, Hmm. we'll see if that ever happens uh, in the future. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not really pushing too hard for that right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really comes down to our goal is to have someone out there uh, 24 hours a day. I think fences would ruin the look of the village. Um, and I, if there's another way it would be to have permanent security or eyes out at the property, uh, you know the cameras help us with that now, but as we begin building things out there and having more operations i I see that being our fence per se
1: uh gotcha um so now today, I mean you mentioned the road runs right in um and so if somebody comes to the village today, what can they expect as far as you know what they see and then tours?
0: Yeah. So the biggest thing is I hope people come during operating hours. That's like one of our, because the road runs right through the middle, uh, we would appreciate people coming during business hours, uh, which we're open Wednesday to Sunday, um, you know, 10 a.m. to three during the week and 10 a.m. to five during the weekends. Hmm. Uh, But if you, if you come during operations, uh, you'll get to pull in and really the biggest thing right now, because of COVID-19, we're not running our large group tours. They used to be an hour long tour uh with me, Taylor, or other guides out there. Uh so we don't really do that tr- to try to keep the groups from from being close together um and really mitigating that spread. But when they come now, you can do a self-guided option. And with that, you still get one of our guides, just with your own private group, uh, that'll spend about 10, 15 minutes with you explaining the history and the importance of Henry River, taking you to take a look at Katniss's house, uh quote unquote, which is to us is number 16 on our maps. Uh, and so that's the one right across from the company store. So you get to, uh, explore that, see inside, see what it looks like and see how they removed all the walls for that, uh, for that movie, which is kind of interesting. And then you, you'll get to explore on your own and, you know, people have been really receptive of that, thankfully, um, because it's something we had to do, but they really enjoy it. And I always, I always, uh, leave with the, expression in my mind that Henry river really is an adventure as unique as you are. You get to decide how you want to enjoy the property, uh, whether it's photography, we have a lot of people that bring their little paranormal equipment out and want to investigate. Uh, you know, some people, it's always fun to watch the kids run up and down the hill, like their cat and Sever uh, (laughs) take their videos for Snapchat or whatever they're putting it on. It's always fun for us as as guides to see it all happening.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Something came to mind with that house, number 16. I didn't realize that it was actually a duplex and that for the movie, right? Didn't they take uh, one of the doors out?
0: Yeah, so they removed uh, two doors, one in the back, one in the front, actually, on the same side. Um, They also removed the center load-bearing wall, and they took out another non-structural wall that separated, because on a typical floor plan of that house, it's about 1,280 square feet. In the upstairs and downstairs combined, uh, on that bottom floor, you would have basically almost four equal-sized rooms. They're a little bit different size, but um, and that would be connected to each side. They removed mm. all those walls in the downstairs. I don't
1: want to keep focusing on the Hunger Games because I know it is more about you know uh, history. If it gets in the middle,
0: people to connect <laughs> with Henry River, I I'm okay with it. Uh,
1: the company store, the the only scene I remember, and I think uh, Taylor confirmed it was uh, where like Peta throws. A loaf of bread out in the rain, something like that. Where Katniss goes, goes up and grabs it. Is that the only scene that was filmed at the company store?
0: I'm pretty sure. I mean, and, I, and I, it's funny because people. I should go watch the movie again. I've only seen it once. and It was back when it came out, uh, and, I, and I've seen photos that people like to bring and show me. Um, oh, yeah. But but yeah, I think that's the only scene from the front of the store. And and the store looks so different in the movie because they built out that porch and overhang. Um, and they yeah like almost like pig pen on the, on the South side of the building there. But yeah, Yeah. that doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) That was just for the movie. (laughs) Yeah. They kind of, uh, didn't they take
1: some of it apart when they left?
0: Yeah. And they're I mean, I'm assuming that's what the wood piled next to the store was. We had a giant pile of rotting wood that we had fun cleaning up for a while. So I'm assuming that's what that was. I don't know. Um, but They, uh, they took all of that down the, the porch and everything is no longer there. And the pastries and cake signs, actually, everyone asked us if that was original and it's not, um, that was added for the movie. And the one that's up now isn't even the original from the movie, uh, because someone vandalized it and stole it. And thanks to the great people at Burke County tourism, uh, you know, they helped replace it and make sure that people enjoy it for the future. Uh and
1: one, one other thing, and I know that this may go into your future plans. I really loved walking down the road and you can hear the water rushing that's from the mill, right? Like the original, uh, mm-hmm. sort of site of the mill.
0: You know, for that property, uh, the mill used to sit down there. It's completely gone, burned down the dam itself. You can, you, there's a great vantage point uh, on the backside of, of house number 13, which means nothing to anyone listening to this. Um, but if you ever come out there, you'll get a map and you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And so, More
1: reason to come out and <laughs> right. go check it out.
0: Right. And so uh, you can you get a good shot of the dam there. And that's a really great dam. I mean, to think that they built that in the early 1900s is really just a feat of engineering. Um, and, you know, the top was, I believe, severed off of it during one of the floods uh, wow. in the early 1900s. And they rebuilt it. Uh, and so... It's a, it's a pretty massive and powerful thing. I've been on top of it personally before and I don't recommend that to anybody because it's super slick and you will fall uh, and you'd be trespassing. So don't do that either.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Double whammy, huh? Yeah. Uh. Uh,
0: but it's neat. Cause that, that's the dam. I always argued with people. They told me that's the dam from the movie and I was like, no, 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 it's not. And, and so finally I looked it up and it really is the dam from the movie and that's kind of neat. The best time to come see it's in the wintertime, a really great vantage point of that dam in the wintertime when the leaves are gone. Ah,
1: uh, Okay. So how did they film it if they didn't own the property, I guess.
0: Wade Shepard owned the property during that time. Um, I don't know what kind of deal he had with that property owner uh, because I know Wade used to own that, that property as well. And I know he sold it to the gentleman that owns it now. So maybe they had some kind of arrangement. I have no idea. Um, Hmm. You know, we're not privy to any of that information. Unfortunately, I wish people ask us all the time, hunger games, like filming questions. I was like, look, I I wish I had them. I I take them when I find them and people give them to me, but I don't have much more than that.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry for peppering you with them. Um.
0: No, it's cool. I mean, it's it's, a, it's part of our history, so it's important that uh, that we highlight it.
1: One other thing I think that really excites me about the village is uh, what's going to happen in the future. At least I heard a little snippet of that, and if you could just share what what's planned.
0: So we're working right now. Our hopes are to start construction on our first house in in August here of uh, this year, and get at least one of them restored, and then hopefully use that and take that domino effect and keep going. Uh, to restore the rest of them. So we have 20 houses remaining. We want to basically build all of them back up. They never had running water or sewer or anything. We want to add that in there, add some air conditioning because North Carolina is getting really hot. Uh, <laughs> and so you know, we want, the idea is long-term to be able to get people to come and be able to stay in these houses and visit these houses safely. Everyone always wants to go inside of them and see what they look like. We want people to do that too and enjoy them. So our goal is to to basically rebuild them uh, or, or restore them, uh, for you know, lack of a better term, uh, to be able to use for, for the future and run a business out of. Because in my mind and all of our team, uh, you know, history is worth saving, but we have to find a use for it that makes it make financial sense to, to keep yeah. it operating. And so if we can find a way to make this a viable business and get it going, then that guarantees it'll stand, hopefully, for another 100 years.
1: I feel yeah. like you all seem to really care about the preservation of them, though overall
0: yeah and it's and more than the build. the buildings are like a symbol right i mean it's it's nothing but an object and it's an important object but what's important about the buildings more than anything is the people and the families that come from them and their stories and so even if there was nothing there uh i mean it might be harder for people to connect with it but that's what we focus on is the the roots that are tied back to henry river And also all the mill villages uh, and the textile industry across North Carolina. It was such a significant part uh, of our transition uh, from an agrarian lifestyle to an industrial lifestyle. And, you know, to be able to highlight that and the importance of it, as well as things like the outhouses. I know everyone like gives me a hard time, but the outhouses are really important for me. I got three kids who are spoiled rotten, who probably don't appreciate as much as they should. Uh, And, you know, teaching them about what life was like for people that they still know cause they're alive and they tell they get the chance to talk to them, uh, knowing how hard life was like makes you appreciate what you have now. And I think that's another reason why teaching this history, uh, not from the perspective of people that had a ton of money and, and accomplished a whole lot, but teaching it from a place that literally like nobody famous <laughs> came from Henry river. Right. I mean, so, yeah. so uh, that history rarely gets told. And I think it's an important part of history
1: yeah and um, not to spoil the tour at all, but I mean, it did run qu- until quite recently, didn't it?
0: The store I think shut down in the mid sixties the operations at the mill, i believe seventy one or seventy two if I'm not wow. mistaken, so that's uh, not very far at all, no, and then it burned in seventy seven so a few years after that it wow. got struck by lightning and was gone forever and you know, I think. I think that kind of sealed the deal for what Henry River is today. I mean, I, I think if that mill was still standing, it wouldn't be in the same look, feel or anything that you'd have uh, because somebody would have swept up the mill, restored it. And who knows what they would have done with the houses at that point.
1: And speaking of your plans, uh, that's really exciting. I was wondering, do you have a timeline for when you plan to have maybe the first house restored?
0: Yeah, so if uh, if everything goes to plan, which it's on schedule right now to start in August, then we're hoping to have that first one done um, come November of this year. And okay. so you'll be able to come see that one. Uh, it's at the bottom at the south end of the village. It's the only floor plan we have like that. Uh, and really, you know, long term, what we see that house, if, if everything else succeeds down the road and we can restore all of these, uh, we see that house really operating as uh, like a bridal suite and groom suite for anyone oh. that to to get married or have an event out there um, because it's just a really unique floor plan compared to the rest of the village and the way it's set it's very private um, and really pretty down there you can hear the river so it's a that's why we chose that one first (laughs) what what number house is that that's number 12 (laughs) number 12 and so it's uh if you were if you've ever been to the village it's the only one with the double doors in the front that are touching like a french door style
1: okay Um, And then for the company store, don't you have something
0: planned for that? Yeah, so we want to turn the company store into a restaurant. So we want to do family style, country, uh, southern food. It's awesome. Um, You know, we the first history book as a nonprofit that the Preservation Fund put out was a cookbook, and it was recipes collected by uh, Anita rudisil Britton, who grew up in the village. Her dad was one of the last people to live in the village, and uh, she collected all these recipes. And you know, I, I obviously right from my original intentions of wanting to put a restaurant food is a big deal in my life and my family's life. Uh, so of course, when she told me she had these recipes, I was like, we've got to make a cookbook and we put a, together a cookbook and really that's going to be the inspiration for that, um, restaurant in that building, but hmm. we'll have other food and beverage options on site in the grander scale of the project.
1: <laughs> so, so with uh, sort of plans to begin construction in August, um, I guess how long can people expect to do the tour as we know it right now?
0: So we, the tours right now should be able to operate during that one house. Okay. Um, if we decide, and it really just depends on how that first house goes, right? We're using it as a learning experience for us to see what to expect on the next view. Uh, if we do more than one at a time, we'll probably have to restrict uh, the locations of the tours and self-guided uh, but our goal is to really try to do that during our slow season. Uh, to when try is that? To, that's usually around January, February. Uh, okay. is is our slower season? You know, we get we still get visitors year round, but uh, it's not like this past week where, you know, we had a hundred plus people come out there. Wow, and want to do a self guided tour? We don't have that in the winter time, at least yet. I mean, who knows? Maybe we will.
1: Although I want to come back and see that waterfall.
0: Yeah, the best time is is. After a good heavy rain or snow in the winter time, because that's when it'll overtop the dam, um, and you can really see the water. If you come end of summer, uh, re- end of summer going into fall, where it's typically dry in our area, you, you don't get much of a vantage point of uh, the water uh, power coming off of it.
1: For updates and everything going on, where can people follow? You know, all the happenings from Henry River Mill Village.
0: Yeah. So we uh, we're big on, on Facebook. Uh, we post a lot of our stuff on there uh, for what's going on. If we have events or any announcements, photographs, things like that. Um, Henry river.com is another great location to see what's going on. Any major updates will be posted on there. Uh, and then you can always, everyone can always call or email us or submit a request online to talk to us. I mean, we're, we're, we try to be very connected and, and involved uh, owners and managers of the property. So, I mean, usually if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of any of us, uh, and we'd love to talk Henry River. So, you know, at the end of the day, it's it really is a place that we hope that people don't rely on us so much to create their experience because we'll give them the resources to do it, but we want them to feel empowered in their own experience out there for whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, and,
0: and I saw some books inside – is that the only place where you can buy them? So you can get almost, uh, I think you can get two of them on Amazon. I know that. You can get the uh, the cookbook on Amazon uh, or in our gift shop. The one on Amazon is a soft cover. The one in our gift shop is Spiral Bound. Um, oh, so that's better. Depending on, yeah, depending on how you plan on using it. And we ship, so you can always call the gift shop and we can ship it to you. Um, and so we have that one. The other one that's available would be the Images of America uh, book on Henry River. I believe that came out in 2012. And that one's available on Amazon. We don't carry that one in the gift shop. Okay. Um, and then we have another one in the gift shop called We See What We Want to See, which is an interesting book because it's really nice photographs of the current state of the village before, right before we bought it. Uh, and the whole idea on why that book came out uh, was they were going to, it was basically the last documented uh, opportunity uh, to see Henry River before Mother Nature took it over was their intention. They had no idea when they were producing it that we were planning on buying it. And yeah. so, uh, that book came out in, I believe early 2018 uh, at our Millville Fest and, uh, we changed the ending of it because instead of it being really sad and, and discouraging, now it's optimistic because there's people and love and passion behind it. Do you plan
1: to still have Millville Fest?
0: Yeah, we would like to. And honestly, our booze and brews, which is really our big event of the year is our Halloween festival, uh, because of the whole paranormal haunted activity that everybody says out there. Uh, We do a big Halloween festival in October. Not sure right now. Uh, We're going to play it by ear and see what happens. We'll make an announcement by August on that one.
1: So you keep alluding to this paranormal activity. I have to ask, because I'm kind of one, you know,
0: I'm into that stuff too. So I really just have to know. I mean, it's, I've been out there with a lot of these groups and there's a lot of things I can't explain. I don't believe in ghosts though. Uh, And so, uh, but there is some weird things that happen out there that, you know, if someone asked me and I'm a science guy, if someone asked me to explain it, I'm like, look, I have no idea. Like, I can't, I can't tell you why these things happen or why <laughs> a certain, uh, you know, response was ha- like happened on these people's equipment. But it's, I mean, there's crazy things like there was a, we used to do uh, public ones where you could buy tickets to it early on. Uh, and there was a lady who took a picture with their camera of like this little voice box and in that picture had a electric bolt hitting the voice box in it. Wow. Right They're on the spot. That was an interesting one. Uh, they've had some voice box things in the company store. Uh, I know they had, there's one group that had a REM pod. I don't know what that is. I think it's like an energy, like, detector i you know I, i'm not a ghost guy so uh, they said they had that go off for the first time i've heard people talk about lanterns they've seen moving around the village uh mm. you know people throwing rocks or talking to them might be people hiding in the woods who knows you know I mean, so, it's maybe those uh, vandals yeah right it could be but yeah i mean there's been every group that's gone out there and usually at at booze and brews we let one of the groups come and present their findings uh, so people can listen and hear about it and uh, you know, make a judgment for themselves on whether it's haunted or not. I mean, there's, they're all friendly ghosts. I haven't met any mean ones yet.
1: That's good. Maybe just happy workers. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. There's definitely some weird stuff. Like my gas tank, without a doubt, I could have half a tank of gas. It'll drop to empty the second I pull to the main gate. Like it's really weird. And then the second I pull up the top of the hill, it changes back. And people have talked about the radios flustering as they go through there. I I mean, I don't know. It, it's Wow. I'm sure it's just coincidence, and I'm sure it's there's an explanation for it. But, you know, you see what you want to see, I guess.
1: <laughs> I think I might be touching base with you again come October to talk yeah, about should, these types. Yeah, you should
0: things. come spend the night out at Henry River one night. It's a, definitely a uh, unique experience. I'll say it puts hair on your chest, as they say, right? And so... <laughs> uh, (laughs) All right. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll touch base about that. Yeah, we do. And I don't know if we'll do them this year again, just depends on COVID. Um, But last year we did our after dark tours every weekend in October on Friday and Saturday night, where it's basically our normal historic tour, but with some of the darker uh, stories that we don't tell from Henry river. And we take you around land led by a lantern. Taylor does it, which is great because Taylor's really, really afraid of the dark out there. Uh, So, (laughs) You know, hopefully he doesn't end up hearing this. He'll hate me forever. But uh, yeah, he, so he leads the group with a little lantern and they walk around the whole property, uh, all the trails as if you were like the night watch uh, for the mill to make sure nothing was catching on fire or anything like that. And so uh, as you're going around, some of the houses are lit up with lanterns or single light bulbs and you hear some of the stories and uh, it's really fun. And it's not one of those jump out at, at you and scare you type Halloween trail things. Uh, it's meant to be almost like a uh, historic ghost tour. Those are yeah.
1: creepier, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's quiet and eerie out there at night. It is definitely uh, it's not for the faint-hearted. By promise, <laughs> prim- <just still> yeah. <laughs> bring a flashlight if you ever come out there.
1: <laughs> well, I hope those can continue because I want to come out and see them.
0: Oh, they will. I mean, even if we can't do it this year because of everything going on, we'll, we have plans to continue opening whenever it makes sense for everyone to open in the meantime we just want everyone to be safe and try to get past all of this so uh, we offer a really really great solution that allows people to social distance and still enjoy some activity that's a unique experience and i think at this point like that's our job is to do everything we can to give people those outlets um while we make it through this
1: Uh, and when we visited i was really appreciative that taylor wore a mask and you know we when we went into the buildings and everything it was very y'all did a very good job of that i've to, to make
0: it as painless as possible it's, yeah. it's you know it's irritating for everybody that we have to go through it but it is what it is right so
1: absolutely well calvin thank you so much for joining us um we look absolutely. forward to seeing what happens at the village and wish you all everyone there uh, all the best
0: awesome yeah stay tuned we got big stuff coming <laughs>
1: Again, a big thanks to Calvin Reyes for joining us. If you're looking for more info, the Henry River Mill Village is included in our guide to a weekend in Morganton on nctripping.com. Thanks again for listening to NC Travel Chat. If you haven't yet, please subscribe and give us a review. That'll get us out there to like-minded people and lovers of North Carolina like you. And please give us a shout-out on social media. You can find us at nctripping on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We look forward to sharing more amazing people with you, and we look forward to seeing you out there exploring North Carolina.